definitely saw my father with his ritual, uh, with these strange individuals coming to our, our home. Fair use. And staying for about two or two and a half hours, and I could never go up where they were, and I could never hear what they were talking about, but I know that they all had little black books, and occasionally they would dress up, put on a black suit and a white apron, and go somewhere. When I became of age, I uh, filled out a petition, gave it to my father, he submitted it, and I was approved for initiation uh, into the Prince Hall Masonic Lodge in Virginia. Freemasons. Let's begin. So a few weeks back, I did a video about what is Freemasons. 
understand what Freemasonry is, I suggest you watch that video. This video is not about Freemasonry. Once you understand the structure, the symbols, who they serve, and why, you can then on your own form your own educated opinion about the religion slash organization. The unfortunate truth is that too many people form their opinions without this information. That information is important to know because if you do happen to step on this side of the information and then recognize how much influence Freemasons have had on our culture and way of life, how many prominent men of our society have been Freemasons, the information may be used as a recruitment tool for them because they frame it all as accomplishments and stories of empowerment. But understanding Freemasonry and then understanding the true bloodline of many of these men who became Prince Hall Freemasons, it moves from a vantage point of empowerment and success to now seeing people just plainly selling out. But our history today, unfortunately, has made heroes out of those we should look at as villains. But again, this video is not about Freemasonry. We need to discuss the hidden role the religion slash organization called Freemasonry has had on our society as a whole. Because whether you know it or not, Prince Hall Freemasonry is a backbone of the black community. And even if you are not part of the black community, you must understand there is an edited side of the story that we are being told. I'm sure many are not aware that in black America, since the ending of the Civil War, Freemasonry was used as a tool for cultural improvement and advancement. It is what Blacks in America clung to as a source of equality, freedom, and justice. There wouldn't be a civil rights movement in America without Freemasonry. And maybe your initial thought is to cheer them on for it, but what if these goals and movements were less about equality and freedom and more about rebellion, walking away from our creator in a different form of slavery? We'll get to that. Either way, like I said earlier, the story of Black America cannot be accurately and fully told without recording the impact that Prince Hall Freemasonry had upon Black society. Behind nearly every pivotal turn in the history of Black America, Prince Hall Freemasons may be found, especially in the Black Church. The foundation of Prince Hall Freemasonry was laid between 1775 and 1847. On March 6, 1775, 15 civilians were initiated in the Freemason Grand Lodge of Ireland, Lodge Number 441, which had a lodge chartered in Boston, Massachusetts. These 15 men were Blacks from the Boston area. One of them was named Prince Hall. Now, this is important to understand and note. It wasn't the American Freemasons who initiated these men, but the lodges in England. So it wasn't like racism didn't apply to these men. In 1776, during the war for independence between America and England, the 15 black men, including Prince Hall, formed themselves into a lodge, which was called African Lodge Number no. 1, under the leadership of Prince Hall. There is a 300-page book known as Prince Hall's Letter Book, which provides much of the records about all of this and how the African lodges grew and spread. African Lodge, under leadership of Prince Hall, was held in high regard in the general community, aside from the racist who opposed them because of their color and race. The lodge was particularly attractive to leaders in the black community. It showed a different type of black man that was not seen in this country before then. Hall then established two new lodges, one in Providence, Rhode Island, and the other in Philadelphia. Remember Philadelphia, because they are important for another subject. African Lodge of Boston continued to meet and to grow in numbers. 
and Prince Hall remained its master until his death on December 4th, 1807. Prince Hall was succeeded as master of African Lodge by Nero Prince. It is claimed that in 1808, representatives of the three lodges, African Lodge of Boston, African Lodge of Philadelphia, and African Lodge of Providence met together and organized an African Grand Lodge with Nero Prince as the Grand Master. And they changed the name from African Lodge to Prince Hall Grand Lodge in memory of Prince Hall. And they started expanding, adding more lodges. And this was the foundation of what is now Prince Hall Freemasonry. The Masons were not considered equals amongst their white brothers. They were barred entrance as members in the great majority of white lodges. And this was a huge reason why expansion was necessary. The lodge started to be used as an institution of union and social uplift in the black community. In a Masonic run country, joining this institution seemed like a way of uplifting the black community and finding ties with their oppressors. They joined the great plan to serve the architect or God of Freemasonry. And the truth is that that goal and alliance in the end superseded the hate because of their race or bloodline, because it was a clear declaration that they were on their side. But it's not like they didn't deal with racism. To a great extent, the Prince Hall Masons were isolated from white masonry, although they seem to have learned and emulated many of the customs and usages of the neighboring lodges and grand lodges, so that they may speak in general terms of American Masonic practice without having to distinguish between Prince Hall and Main Street when comparing other countries. The foundation that Prince Hall laid was the beginning of the rise of the Negro in America. Yet the story is seldom told in our history books and in our schools. I wonder why, if it was such a noble and admirable thing. But I digress. There's a lot of details on how they grew and spread their membership around the country, but the details are inconsequential. They grew and gathered black men into the Masonic traditions. Here's the thing that needs to be understood. At this point, we'll see the foundation of where confusion comes in the black community. If you take a look at the black community today and you see leadership, you'll see it in many different types of roles, business leaders, politicians, civil rights leaders, etc. But it was not always so. If the white Masons were in power and they had a problem with even recognizing the Prince Hall Masons, then it's obvious that moving into those high roles in American society would take some time. So what did the Prince Hall Masons do because they were still leaders in the community? There was a huge attachment to the black church. And if you ever want to understand how things are so bad in the church today, you should know that from the start, when the foundations of the church in America were being built, it was already contaminated. Many of the black churches across the country were being run by Freemasons. In my research, it is said that it is normal routine for the opening and closing prayers in a Prince Hall Lodge or social function to be ended in the name of Jesus and to include other exclusively Christian phrases during the prayer. It is said that only the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of California practices a craft, that means Masonic, ritual, which actually mentions Jesus. But it is a normal routine for Christian hymns to be sung during the opening and closing and during the degree ceremonies and social affairs. It would not be unusual to hear or read of a Prince Hall Grand Master referring to the Prince Hall Masonic Order as a Christian organization, for members of the fraternity to say 
that only a good Christian can make a good Mason. Prince Hall Masons carry on in a religious manner while at the same time they claim to adhere to Mackey's 25 landmarks and to the ancient charges of Anderson's Constitution. The 19th and 21st of Mackey's landmarks and the first of Anderson's charges concerning God and religion clearly speak of Freemasonry being a fraternity that is adaptable to man regardless of his personal religion and no Prince Hall Grand Lodge claims in its constitution to be an exclusively Christian Grand Lodge. I mean, there are some non-Christian members, mainly Muslims, from the Nation of Islam. Some of you are Masons, uh, Shriners, studying the secret wisdom of God in your lodges. But your lodge is a little different from the white folks' lodge. And they are accommodated, at least to the extent of being able to use their own book of faith at the altar. It's ironic, because in his book, The Secrets of Freemasonry, Elijah Muhammad writes, a mason cannot be a good mason unless he knows the Holy Quran and follows his teachings. This book is the only book that will make a true mason. Oh, but I don't want to get off track. The point I'm making is that Masons have completely infiltrated the black church. This is not giving credibility to the other churches in America because they have been infiltrated as well. And for many of them, I believe they're even easier to tell. But this is something very specific to the black church. And it must be known because the black church has always been the staple of our community. And there are things that our parents and grandparents and great grandparents just did not know because it was being hidden from them. Now, if they actually followed the word and aligned it with what they were seeing from the pulpits and organizations, perhaps things wouldn't have gotten so crazy today. But unfortunately, this was not the case. There were many Masons in the church and they had no problem speaking on Jesus, calling on his name, singing hymns, giving tithes, etc., which is pretty much the fruit that the black churches look for when identifying a brother or sister in the faith. So, on behalf of myself and the St. Paul Church family, we would like to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, as we depart from this place, but never from your presence, we pray that the communion of the Holy Spirit progress through and abide with each. Though these Masons have taken oaths and pledges and have done rituals that completely contradicts the scriptures that they say they believe in. If you're looking for somebody to just say Jesus and say they believe in him and sing songs, you can be deceived. You see, in the South, initially slaves were not allowed to hold any religious service on their own. Religious services were held either by some member of the master's household or in secret. They did this to control what they knew or remembered from their past generations. When slaves did become allowed to hold independent religious services, this became their first taste of freedom and independent thought, except the false seeds were already planted in them by this time. The church really served as a guide for moral conduct and control for blacks, not actually preparing the bride for the true Messiah. The seeds of deep loyalty to the church, not God, but the church, were sown very early. Folk songs and Negro spirituals were the method by which the slaves attempted to find meaning for their lives. 
and at that same time escape their horrible existence. Very simply, their identity was wiped away from them and then reprogrammed back in with some crucial parts missing. In the late 1770s, the Black Church movement began with the founding of the first African Baptist churches in South Carolina, Georgia, and Virginia. A chief factor in the Christianization of Prince Hall Freemasonry was the founding of the African Methodist Episcopal AME Church in Philadelphia in 1816 by Richard Allen. This was the first national organization created by Blacks. Richard Allen was a Prince Hall Freemason. He founded the AME. The AME is a Masonic church organization. And it's no coincidence that if you remember, this is where President Obama did the eulogy and told us what the black church really was. Church is and always has been the center of African American life. A place to call our own throughout the possible world. Sanctuary through so many hardships. And then continue to be community centers where we organize for jobs and justice. Places of scholarship and networking. That's what happens in church. That's what the black church means. And then he sang Amazing Grace, drawing everybody in. How sweet the Anyways, it is said that during Richard Allen's time, nearly every black in the Philadelphia area was an African Methodist Episcopal Christian. Allen had greater influence upon blacks of the North than any other man of his time. And of course, Prince Hall Freemasonry had a great influence on the growth and development of the AME Church. Now, it's not just the AME Church. They did infiltrate the Baptist churches as well. But the AME Church is a Masonic church, and that must be emphasized. The Black Church in America has always been infiltrated by Masons. So there's no coincidence how over time the faith and truth have been lost. The leaders in the Black communities have always been religious figures. And from slavery until integration, all the Black community had to lean on was the church. And the lodge and these bodies often met in the same facility. This is the real truth about the Black American experience. This is why we have seen so many of our leaders come out from the church. The Reverend Al Sharpton, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, the Reverend Calvin Butts, the Reverend Martin Luther King Sr., father of the civil rights leader, Jr. All Prince Hall Freemasons, all of them. I've done a lot of digging to confirm Michael King. I use his real name if he was a Freemason or not, but I have not been able to confirm. That's not an endorsement of him. That's just a part of him not confirmed or not known. But he had many affiliations because his father was one and he spoke in many Freemason lodges. He's another subject we cannot discuss until the information is layered. Either way, the point I am making about the church is that it has been infiltrated and they have used the church to push agendas that are contrary to scripture. When understanding the infiltration, it's no coincidence how we have gotten to the point that we are in today with the church ready to accept the one world religion. They have slowly mixed in their Masonic teachings in with the church and have diluted Elohim's word so that the faith today is unrecognizable 
to the masses. Don't get me wrong. The blame is not completely on the Masons, but you can definitely see how the influence has manifested and brought confusion and rebellion towards the Most High. There is probably no other branch of Freemasonry in the world so closely interwoven with the history of one race and one country as the Prince Hall Masonic Order. We all know the history that on July 4th, 1776, the leaders of this country issued a declaration of independence stating, one, that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with natural and inalienable rights, which no man or government can bestow or take away. Two, that to secure these rights, men create civil communities and civil authorities who derive their just power from the consent of the governed. Three, that members of the community are colleagues, not subjects, and that legitimate government consists in the communion of equal laws applied equally. Black slaves, to their detriment, actually fell for and believed that this declaration also applied to them, and then rushed into action and began to organize the first phase of the Black struggle to freedom. For many that really do not understand the full extent of their influence, it will probably surprise you that most of the Black heroes that we hear of today were Prince Hall Masons, like Philadelphia Freemason Benjamin Banneker, an accomplished mathematician and scientist who invented the clock, or W.E.B. Du Bois, another notable Freemason who was one of the founders of the NAACP, or Booker T. Washington, another notable Freemason who was an American educator, author, orator, and advisor to multiple presidents of the United States. He was the dominant leader in the African-American community and of the contemporary Black elite. These men, and many more, were Freemasons. What it seems like is that if they had prominence in the 19th and 20th century, they held some tie with Freemasonry. And these men, and many more, because of the integration with the Masonic system, wanted to be looked at as fair and equal. Imagine and then understand. They were sharing the secrets with the same group of men that once enslaved them. They became empowered and wanted rights and freedoms, and their push for integration swept amongst the Black community. There would be no civil rights movement without Prince Hall Freemasonry. And maybe your first instinct wants to be, well, at least they did something good for us. As a believer in putting the Most High, Yahuwah, and your faith in Him, if you put Him in priority over our racial struggles, if you look how they have used civil rights against us, tying things that are an abomination to the Most High, along with our civil rights. While also using it to push tolerance for a blending of all world religions, most, I'm sure, would love to go back in time and tell them, don't do it. Well, that's how I feel. Anyways, like I was saying, our heroes of the past were Masons and had other purposes that were never revealed in the open, as this is what a Mason has, a duty to spread the light. So continuing on, the slavery to freedom age from 1800 to 1876 was crucial to the journey of Black America. And again, Prince Hall Freemasonry and Prince Hall Freemasons served at the core of the struggle. The founding of many universities and mutual aid societies for Blacks, financial institutions, the gaining of political power, the Underground Railroad, the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, all were directly influenced by Freemasons. 
Fast forwarding a little more in time, a subject black people love to discuss is Black Wall Street. Now don't get me wrong, what happened to them was a tragedy. But you should know that Prince Hall Freemasonry was strong there. You cannot leave them out of the conversation when speaking of the black experience in America. In his book, A History of Freemasonry Among Negroes in America, Harry E. Davis records that black Freemasonry during the slavery to freedom age took a very high interest in three institutions, the church, slavery, and education. He writes, in 1807, there are about 1,500 colored people in Washington, one third of whom were free. A small group of these free men established a school and later became the founders of the first Masonic Lodge. They also organized a beneficial society under whose benevolent guise they operated a station of the Underground Railroad. In 1823, a few of these men were initiated in the colored lodges of Philadelphia, and in 1825, they were chartered into Social Lodge Number 7. The Masons used the civil rights agenda with great skill to tie Black Americans in with a cause, and they used their organizations to promote integration within society, and then also to squash those that were advocating withdrawal, people like Marcus Garvey. Through the early 1800s, slavery, the Civil War, Reconstruction, and post-Reconstruction Southern white supremacy, Prince Hall Freemasonry spread and solidified. By 1900, there was either a Prince Hall Grand Lodge or a Chartered Lodge operating in nearly every northern and southern state, in some western territories and states. By 1910, Prince Hall Freemasonry had created a National Grand Lodge, the state Grand Lodges were meeting annually, and work was being done to unify all of their rituals. During the post-Reconstruction era, the Black Masonic Lodge, along with the church and colleges, played a huge role in the subculture that went unheard and unseen by white America. Again, this was often happening through the same men who were operating the lodges, leading in the churches and colleges and other fraternal groups. They created a black community life that revolved around meetings, along with social and political maneuvering of all the members that belonged. They focused on integration and did this through a focus on economic strength by establishing retail stores, banks, hotels, newspapers, and insurance companies. These men, who later sold out to the same oppressors who once enslaved them, now became our heroes, and over time became what we were actually striving to be like. They were the standard, and that's really crazy. Some of the main fraternal groups that were established, either before the Civil War, or during or after Reconstruction were the Odd Fellows, Galilean Fishermen, Nazarites, Colored Knights of Pythias, Knights and Daughters of Tabor, Grand United Order of True Reformers, the Independent Order of Good Samaritans, the Improved Benevolent and Protective Order of the Elks, the Royal Arch, and the Order of the Eastern Star. I figured I'd list them in case you have ever come across these groups. And believe me, as we move closer into modern times, you'll see a lot more. All of these groups served as mutual aid and support organizations and allowed Blacks to exist in small worlds of their own. And along with the church, these groups produced community leaders and social circles. They gave the Black communities sense of unity and independence. To be clear, that was really for those that were in the inside. And this is one way we saw the separation of classes within the Black community. We just never really are told why. 
we are told that it was about education. They would tell us that getting a good education would bring us success in this country. And this is what we were programmed to believe. A success in this country was actually more about the organization we were attached to and who we actually knew. So there was always a big glass ceiling over us unless certain doors were opened by these fraternal organizations. So because of these fraternal organizations, education and economic growth ushered in the visible black bourgeois class, the class of blacks that distinguished themselves from the other blacks because they were wealthy, educated, and connected, the boule. These pocket of Prince Hall Masons adopted the bougie attitude and selected their members based on their class and society, and some with the paperback test. These lodges, societies, and fraternal groups help solidify the black middle and the elite classes that are still identifiable today. The spirit of the separation made it necessary to copy the white university's Greek letter fraternities and sororities and to create their own. Many of the founding members of the early Greek letter fraternities were also Freemasons. And of course, most of those fraternities are still in existence today. They are like recruiting tools for the underground, but we have to really discuss this at a later time. I can really go on and on in great detail with this history. They were in everything. Now, if you allow them to tell you, it's because of them why we have the freedoms and the acceptance in our society today. And that's really true. Our way of life would not be what it is today without Prince Hall Freemasonry. Again, that's really true. The real sad part is that we have so many people tied to this system of great influence that needs to be highlighted and then avoided. We do not want to assimilate with them, but pray for them and remove ourselves from their influences. When I look at the world through open eyes, not programmed by the matrix to see what they want me to see, I see men and women who sold out their God for acceptance in a demonic system that has an ultimate goal of enslavement. You must understand Freemasonry to understand just how sinister this all is. But in the end, even if you do not fully understand Freemasonry, you should understand that the world is not as gray as many would like to think, and things are really black and white. Most of what we know today has been influenced by secret societies that have been moving the world in a direction actually fulfilling Bible prophecy. And this is why the Bible tells us, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of Elohim abides forever. That's 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17. Or also, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And again, this is why Yeshua says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve Elohim and mammon. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I can go on and on, but you get the picture. If you have watched my videos before, there should be an understanding of us not being of this world. And in reviewing history, what happened clearly is that after our bondage, instead of clinging to the Most High and abiding fully in His Word, we held on to men that directed our association and relationship with the Most High, according to worldly thoughts and principles. 
they align the agendas that serve the world and not our father. Over time, we were so influenced by the world that the church is not able to even understand and identify with the nature of who we truly are and who we actually serve. Our identity was stolen and then hijacked by infiltrators who lost their soul to gain the world. And we have been following these men and women for centuries now. And we are now coming into the final fulfillment of all that was being done behind the scenes for all these decades. We are now seeing and identifying where all this is leading. And it's time for us to get off this train. This is why knowledge is power and why knowledge has been kept from so many of us. The Father is giving you a chance right now before his time comes to choose him or choose this world. You can't choose both. This is probably my longest video. And I'm sorry to those who don't really have the attention span to go through so much of this type of information. But all of this needed to come out. We cannot move on to other topics without understanding this one. You are in Black History Month that has been happening for decades. But all of this Black history has been kept from you. I want you to think about this when you maybe try to rationalize things. Why has this been kept from you? The truth is that most people don't really know the world really in front of them. And actually, how much control Satan has in their actual lives. In the black community, if you don't recognize how much Freemasonry has steered our community, then it's highly possible that you have not recognized how much influence the God of Freemasonry has had over you. Now, in the end, it's up to you to choose if that continues for you or not. But at least this information has been made available to you. I thank and praise Father for the opportunity to share this information that has been pressing on my heart to share since the beginning of this ministry. But it's always in Father's timing. There's more to share, but in learning, foundations must be laid. This is not about a political or social revolution. Freemasonry is about religion. Spreading their light is promoting their God to you. And this video is just about countering their goal. To try to bring awakening and call the true church to repentance and submission to the Most High without the worldly demonic interferences we have been experiencing since before we were all born. So I will leave you all with this information to digest. I ask you to pray about it and what Father wants for you. But I'll tell you very plainly that he wants you to serve him. So for me, I am rejecting the God of Freemasonry, and I do not want his influence placed on my life and those that I love. And I will end this with what I want you to tell others as well. Because if it seems evil in your eyes to serve Yahuwah, choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the mighty ones which your father served that were beyond the river, or the mighty ones of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But for me, in my house, we will serve Yahuwah. You do as well. Okay, that's the end of the video. Um, basically, there's uh, links to two stories about the Alamami Church dealing with lawsuits and fraud. And um, basically, that's the underpinnings of, you know, Freemasonry. The god of Freemasonry is the devil. Alan, Albert Pike, okay, he wrote about it, that Lucifer is the god of Freemasonry. And that is who Freemasons serve, regardless of the color of your skin, 
regardless of your gender. If you're a Freemason or you're into a uh, a chapter, okay, um, the Eastern Star, you worship Satan, okay, and um, sad to say that's that's just the facts. Those are the facts, okay. And the masonry is involved in many of facets of the world today. Social media, the military, you name it. And um, therefore bringing the new world order. Okay. There'll be a lot of hard decisions to make. But if you want Jesus, there's sacrifice. And that sacrifice is doing away with Freemasonry and becoming a legitimate child of God. Which comes with a cross and self-denial, which many reject and few choose. That is the truth. 